Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. This Thanksgiving, think outside the oven and get Thanks Grilling with Ace. Get a new grill and choose from top brands like Traeger, Weber, and Big Green Egg to add even more flavor to your Thanksgiving turkey, side dishes, and desserts. Plus, right now, get free assembly and delivery on all grills and accessories $3.99 and up. For the best help on the best grills, stop by your local Ace and get Thanks Grilling. Ace Rewards members only through December 24th. See participating stores for scheduling or exclusions. This is No BS Job Search Advice Radio, episode 1529. I'm Jeff Alpin, the Big Game Hunter. I host this show as I have for almost eight years now. I started in November 2011. This is the number one show in Apple Podcasts about job search. More than 1,500 episodes, no show is even close. I used to have the, uh, the number two show, but I canceled it a, a little over two months ago. And this show, I'm continuing my 2019 theme about recycling some of my shows from that other one called Job Search Radio. It's all available on the web if you want to listen to it as well. And this one is an interview with Bob Larson of Berman Larson Kane. Uh, we we communicate through Facebook from time to time, and I interviewed him with an eye toward identifying where the good recruiters are. I thought he was well-equipped to talk about it, give it his presidency of the, I believe it's called uh, National Association of Personnel Consultants, or it was at one point. Now, rather than go into a lot of detail, this is about a 30-minute interview. Let's just get going, okay? Recruiters. Ooh, that's a subject that gets people's goats, doesn't it? I know that because whenever I do a video or an article about recruiters, you know, the venom that surfaces afterwards is incredible. It's almost as much as, you know, when people engage in politics on Facebook. But there are good recruiters out there. There are people who can actually help you. And I thought of doing a show today focused on how to find good recruiters. And my guest is someone I've known for what seems like a 100 years. Uh, we started at the same agency, but at different times, so we never worked with one another. So hang in there, enjoy the ride, and enjoy the music. Are you looking for a new job or interested in leveling up? Job Search Radio is your go-to resource for insider tips on job hunting and growing your career. Here's your host, Jeff Altman. So my guest is a member of the National Association of Personnel Services Hall of Fame. He's a former president of the New Jersey Staffing Alliance. He was chairman of the board of the National Association of Personnel Services for two years. He's president of Berman Larson Kane, a search firm in New Jersey. And in addition, he's completed over 1,000 hot yoga classes at 104 and a half degrees and 50% humidity, as well as done 26 postures over 52,000 times. Bob Larson, welcome to Job Search Radio. Great to have you on. My pleasure to be here, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. And I want you to know, even after 52,000 times on the same poses, I'm still learning how to do them a little better. And as you pointed out in my bio, after uh, 40 years in this industry, I'm still learning. So I guess I'm a slow learner is what it comes down to. And, and given the nature of the search business, what you've demonstrated time and time again is flexibility. Yuck, 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 yuck. <laughs> 
Oh, absolutely, um, absolutely. So, uh, you know, I'm someone who writes for LinkedIn, and if I know that I've learned this over the course of time that if I want to do an article that gets lots of page views, I write articles about recruiters. So I learned this from my first. Uh, article about recruiters, which was called Why People Hate Third-Party Recruiters. Folks, you can do a Google search for it. Uh, you'll see it's gotten over 16,000 views with no promotion on my part. And I just want to pull out a letter that someone wrote in response to the article. So this guy who's a controller writes, I despise working with most recruiters. I despise them when I'm forced to utilize them for a search, and I despise them when I've been working with them while I'm searching. I've been blatantly lied to, spoken down to, and ignored. Bob, what does this person have wrong? Well, look, I'm not sure if they have that much wrong. Okay, and let's look at what they might have right, but they not, might not know the reasons that they're right. Okay, a third-party recruiter like myself gets paid by the company. My fees come from the company. We do not charge the job seeker. So many times the job seeker will come to a third-party recruiter looking for something that the recruiter is not being compensated for. So the recruiter's interest, now I don't want to say to recruit, my, my job is to ignore the job seeker because I have a lot of respect for job seekers and have been working with job seekers for over 40 years and have accolades from job seekers that are longer than both of my arms and rest into the thousands or so. Okay. However, how I allocate my time and where I have to focus is on what my clients are looking for. So although I can help a job seeker with some coaching, some resume critiques, that's not my primary purpose. My primary purpose, and any third-party recruiter's primary purpose, is to find the job seeker that has the combination of skills and personality that their client is looking for. So I think if you understand how a third-party recruiter is compensated, you as a job seeker will find a better way to make that recruiter, that third-party recruiter work for you. So I, I have to apologize for people in my industry that might be obnoxious and shut this person down, but that's totally uncalled for. But I think that sometimes the job seeker can be obnoxious to the third-party recruiter. And just one more thing, and I'm sorry to go on a little long on this. From the company side that this uh, letter mentioned as I listened to it, usually a company comes to a third-party recruiter when their internal sources cannot generate the right candidate. If their internal resources cannot generate that uh, correct candidate, it's a very expensive proposition for the company to come to a third-party recruiter. So what that person is feeling, the pain they're feeling, is from both ends, and I think it's a real pain. I agree, and I agree with your, your take on how the expectations that people have of who a third-party recruiter works for are diluted. You know, as someone who does coaching, as I do, you know, there are people who come to me all the time, uh, and they'll say, "Hi, could you look at my LinkedIn profile?" And you know, spend two hours writing. What's implied is spend two hours critiquing the profile, send it back to me, and do it for free. 
mm-hmm. or they send me their resume and in no way, shape, or form are they giving the hint of any qualifications for the job, but they expect a response. Why? It's spam. Do we respond to Viagra ads? I don't, I don't do that. Do you, Bob? <laughs> no, I don't. But I think it's, it's sort of like if you were to make a parallel comparison to the real estate market. The person who's buying the house is usually out there roaming around looking at houses, but someone else paid that transaction fee, which is the homeowner. So the person who gets the listing kind of wins no matter who buys the home, but the home seeker you know, might not get the advice they want from the person who's selling the house because that's not within their interests. It's not a perfect parallel, but to understand where compensation comes from will determine sometimes where a person's focus is. Now, that being said, let me come back and double talk for a second. Okay? Double as talk. A third party, as a third-party recruiter, my job is to win over the confidence of the job seeker and to make sure that I can give the job seeker the correct advice to land the job with my client. So I walk a fine line between what the client wants and what the job seeker brings to the table. And my job is to get them to see it together where the combination of the two will add value to both the job seeker and to the hiring authority. So I don't want to minimize the job seeker, but if a job seeker doesn't have the right skills that my client is looking for, the amount of time we can spend with that person as a third-party recruiter is limited. Okay? I think this is where the uh, the real estate parallel is, is perfect, and that is when you uh, are selling your home or buying a home, there's a very clear seller agent. As a matter of fact, uh, there's a contract that you sign that calls attention to the fact that the person representing the home is functioning as a seller's agent. And that's how recruiters are. We are seller's agents. And to do the transaction, to sell the house, we obviously have to respect the interest of the buyer. But however is, ultimately, the person who writes the check is the one who we pay attention to. Because after you know, this job hunter is gone, we still have to maintain the relationship with the firm that's writing the check to us. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that that's really where the parallel works perfectly uh, in home sales, uh, is the notion of the seller agent versus the buyer agent. And unfortunately, with buyer agents in recruiting, um, sometimes they're relatively inexperienced. Uh, They're not quite sure of what they're saying, and they make mistakes of omission or commission. Mm -hmm. You know, I might add something on that, too, that the recruiter uh, in representing the client um, sometimes is working on limited information too. So some of those faux pas that that letter referred to are, are done in innocent. And I'll give you an example. Um, right now I'm, we're working on a search for an, a bilingual HR person with manufacturing in the pharmaceutical industry. So you can see how many specifics there are they're looking for. And yesterday I had a candidate interview there, and it turns out that they told the candidate they want 
the, the person has to be available to cover three shifts at different times. Now, that was not in the original job order. That was not in my prep when I went out to meet with the client to understand what they were looking for. And this sort of emerged later on. So there's, there's lots of variables that can come into play, and no one can cover it 100%. And from the client's point of view, I always say this. I have a product, which is the candidate, that has a free will. So if you are... If you go to uh, an appliance store and buy a toaster, uh, the toaster will never say, I don't want to come to Jeff's home <laughs> if you want to buy the toaster. Okay. However, I can bring a candidate to a client who is very qualified and very good and has a free will to turn the client down and say, no, I don't want to come work here. So it adds, there's so many variables to be juggled in here, and that free will aspect of the product makes it even more complicated. Perfect analogy. And, folks, we're going to be back with more from Bob Larson in just a moment. But first, my job search insider tip for this show. And I don't know if this is going to relate to all of you, but for a lot of you, for a lot of job hunters, you kid yourself about how good you are at the search. You think you have a great resume. Well, it's a generic resume, and you're not tailoring it for the people that you're submitting it to. You think you phone interview better than you do or in-person interview better than you do. Certainly, if you haven't looked for a job for a while, you've gotten rusty, even though you might have been successful previously. And folks, yes, I'm going to give you a commercial for this later on, but I'm just going to simply say it is so important for you not to miss out on opportunities because you're rusty and that you really ought to get some help as part of your search. So whether you watch my videos at my website, TheBigGameHunter.us, or contact me about coaching uh, or to ask me questions, it's better to be proactive than to walk out of an interview or to not get a phone call that you should have because you made some sort of tactical mistake or a strategic error that's going to cost you something that you really want. So that's my advice for this show. As I said, you can find out more about uh, job search work that I do as a headhunter, as a coach. Uh, watch, listen to, or read some of the material I've created at my website, which is TheBigGameHunter.us. Just go over there and go explore it. So let's come back to Bob and, and pick up where we left off, which was you know, clients sometimes forget or choose to forget to tell us stuff. And then we're left to look like we're being deceptive when it was a mistake or they changed their mind and they haven't communicated to us. So how can people, let's assume there's a part of that comment I read earlier that is accurate and we want to help people find good recruiters, not perfect ones because I don't think there's such a thing, but competent recruiters at what they do. How can people start going through the process of locating folks that can help them? Well, look, I mean, I think that there is, yes, I would think that a job seeker can help their chances of a recruiter finding them, okay? And that becomes, like, really the key to it. Well, first, I think one of the first steps is to, you know, identify as a job seeker what your core competencies are 
and what niche you're in and what niche you're seeking for a job. And once you have those two pieces of information and really get it down clear, I think you can, uh, number one, start with your personal network. And anyone who is above you or is at the peer level, you can see what recruiters they've used in the past. And I'm going to tell you, if you go that route, and I know from where I sit here, every time someone who I've worked with in the past refers someone to me, I have an extra obligation to review that resume in detail and thank the person who has referred that person. So that would get a, your name in the niche and also give you instant credibility because of the referral coming in. Now that you're going to hit a limit on that relatively quickly uh, from your personal network. Another quick technique is to go to LinkedIn, which just about every recruiter is in there some way. You can click on like uh, staffing industry and staffing and recruiting uh, as one of the pull downs and type in some key words from your niche and you'll see what recruiters are working your niche. And then selectively, you might want to send out uh, your resume to those people. And I repeat selectively, even if they don't have a job listing, you'll be in their database for uh, a match in the future. And if you want to screen those people even closer who you're sending those resumes out because you don't have a referral on them, a personal referral or credibility, you can look for certifications that are industry-wide. Like the National Association of Personnel Services has recruiters sit for various exams. And if you see the word CPC or CTS after a person's name, you will know that they really understand employment laws and know how to navigate the system uh, for you. You know, people with AIRS certifications and CSP certifications and SHRM certifications, those are always good. It's not going to guarantee you're going to get a legitimate person. It's not going to guarantee you get a competent person. But people in the industry who want to, who ha have enough invested in the industry to sit for these certifications, I think it adds to your guarantee. I'm going to pause for a second. You mentioned SHRM. That's S-H-R-M. What does that stand for? Society of Human Resource Managers. It's an enormous organization. Cares enormous organization um, that, oh, I mean, just about every HR person I know around is a member of that organization. And there are local county chapters, state chapters, and of course, national chapters within that. You mentioned an air certification. What's that? The air certification means that the recruiter has been trained in being able to really navigate uh, huge databases and knows how to set up extensive search screens to be able to find you the job seeker. Thank you. I'm going to ask you about two more, CPC and CTS. I have a CPC, but folks may not know what that is. Uh, a, a CPC is a certified personnel consultant, okay, and means that the recruiter has sat through extensive uh, training in employment laws and in the right ethical ways to work uh, the job seeker and with the company. Um, and that exam is given a few times a year by the National Association of Personnel Services. And the CPS is the same, CTS, I'm sorry, and CPS are the same type of certifications in employment laws, but for contract and temporary work. 
Thank you. And one of the things I interpret this as, as signifying is that these are recruiters who treat their profession seriously, have been in the field for some time, and it matters to them to do it, quote, right. Is that how you interpret it, or, or is there a different level yes, of yes, I would, yes, I would. Yes, I would think that, um, you know, it's sort of like if you choose an accountant. You want an accountant that's a CPA. Now, you can have a bookkeeper who can do things at one level, but a CPA does it at another level. And I think the recruiters who have sat for these certifications are, I can't say the equivalent of a CPA, but are closer to the CPA type of sophistication than a bookkeeper, as an analogy. Gotcha. So, so far we've talked about getting referrals from people that you know at the same level or above. And as you pointed out, after a while, and not all that long a while, I think that gets exhausted. Um, you, you might folks also notice whether or not this may apply only to people at a certain level. Uh, this recruiting firm does work for your organization, or perhaps it done work at a previous organization that you've worked for, because uh, minimally they've gotten screened to some degree by some folks, and they've been able to do effective service delivery for, for organizations. Then you mentioned uh, LinkedIn, and do searching for staffing and recruiting as keywords, and then looking for the certifications. And I'm going to say for your and. That's the HR certifications, the recruiting certifications, and search professionals who work in your field. Yeah, I mean, just throw in not only your field, but some key words that are part of your core competencies. So, if you're, so, for, so, example, you're search, so for example, when you do something like that, you're going to get a recruiter who either has that in their bio, that they uh, place uh, CPA accountants for the nonprofit industry, or that they have a job listing that matches that within their LinkedIn profile. or And so all of a sudden now you have a lead to a recruiter that would probably have a vested interest in learning more about you. Nice. Very, very nice. What else can people be doing to find individuals who are better than that description we, we spoke about earlier? Well, look, I think I have to say this in, in, you know, in defending the industry, I think most recruiters are very sincere and really have the job seekers and the client's best interests at stake because you don't get repeat business as a third-party recruiter unless, unless you have a really good match on that. So I think that just like any industry, there are shady CPAs. And I think there are shady recruiters out there, but I really believe, Jeff, that they are in the minority. And, you know, maybe I have a, uh, uh, a jaded view of that, but because of the National Association of Personnel Services, and we would have uh, you know, national conventions where thousands of recruiters would show up, I would say the majority of them were really sincere, okay, competent people. And I also want to call attention to the fact that given job seekers' anxiety about the job search process, I think many have the expectation that we can do magical things, that we can take, I'll give an example from earlier in the week, this 
a CIO position and fill it with a, a person who's an intern <laughs> who <laughs> sent the resume to me. Or an individual, um, this is a different job, and this is a person who applied for a, um, a head of HR for a client of mine, and they were a Purdue chicken plucker. And I'm uh -huh. sure they got very angry at me, even though the listing I had made it very clear I will only respond if someone appears to be qualified for the job that they're responding to. But... They spam their resume to me, and I'm sure you know, they get angry along the way. Well, look, I mean, the magic we can work, obviously we can't take an intern and get them their first job as a CIO, okay? But as a recruiter, there is some magic that we work, okay? And here's where I think we really add value. If we go back to our real estate analogy, someone might list a house as, you know, a colonial with three bedrooms, two baths, okay? That's sort of a person's resume. We, as a, a recruiter, can then say to the, the, the company, yes, but I want you to know it's in a charming neighborhood with a great school system. And if this buyer has three children, even though the taxes are high, they're coming into a neighborhood where they don't have to worry about private schools. And that the three bedrooms, uh, the people who are moving out are uh, had three children, and the rooms are decorated at the same age of your children. So the magic we work is we can take the resume and from our conversation and screening with the job seeker, convey to the employer the things that are not in the resume and why they should be seeing this person, even though they might be missing dot, dot, and dot, dot, which is in the hard skills. And... You're not, you're not suggesting that the job hunter um, put that into the resume. You're, you're just simply saying that sometimes the recruiter is able to convey that information without any customized resumes. Well, well, look, at, I mean, when you come, when you come back, no one puts in their resume. Uh, they're inarticulate and can't talk. And look at their shoes before they look at you. Okay? And they're a renegade, too, not a team player. <laughs> but as a recruiter... You know, you can turn, you, we can turn around and say, here from my interviewing, here is my assessment of the person, and they have a wonderful personality and great eye contact, and what's on that resume is totally valid, uh, and totally I believe in this person that they can do the job. So there becomes, uh, the magic is worked more in increments than it is in an intern becoming a CIO. Does that make sense? Of course. Of course. Um one other thing I wanted to ask you about, building on this last theme, is the training that recruiters get. And I'm not talking about our CPC or CTS or SHROOM member, um, but the average recruiter, what sort of training do they get in order to get on the phone and start placing people? Well, look, at, I mean, it's a non-licensed profession. Uh, so there is no formal training that is needed. It really depends on the actual employer or agency that they're working for, what kind of training they receive. Um, so to answer your question, on one level, there is no training. On another level, within a certain firm, the travel, the travel I mean, the training could be extremely extensive. And as I said right in the beginning of my 
my bio there. I've been doing this for almost 40 years, and I'm still learning. <laughs> I've been doing so you this never for 45. Get there. Uh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and there's always some new twist to the industry and some new thing going on that uh, I better get my arms wrapped around very quickly if I'm going to add value to my clients. Folks, Bob and I have known one another for a long, uh, almost as long as each of us has been in the business, and we keep running into one another like every eight, ten years, have wonderful conversations, and I think this is just another example of them. Bob, thank you so much for making time today. How can people find out more about your firm, the work that you do, and such? First of all, it's my pleasure to uh, to reconnect with you and uh, share maybe one crumb of wisdom that I hope someone took from this show. But basically, they can find me at jobsb as in boy, l as in Larry dot com. So it's www.jobsbl.com. That's pretty extensive, and there are all sorts of job uh, seeker tips on there. There are there's a section for employers on how to select an agency to work for them. Um, a, a copy for free of my ebook, and I believe if you really dig it down deep, there is a video of my thousandth yoga class uh, that the studio did. So, uh, you know, look at it, it, this industry is exciting. I have to say that what what gets me up every morning and keeps me doing this for almost 40 years is the smile I see on the job seeker's face and on the employer's face when I'm able to make the right match. Uh, and that is sort of like, look, there are three things in a person's life that are very important where they live, their relationship status, and where they work. And to be able to put 40 years into one of those key things that a person looks for, where they work and what their profession is, has been rewarding itself. So you can find me at jobsbl.com, and uh, if I can help you in some way, please reach out. Is your firm still doing the, uh, the Job Seeker webinars? I have stopped doing the job seeker webinars because it Jeff it became absolutely overwhelming. <laughs> okay, we had thousands of people showing up uh for it and what happened is I I felt like I was alienating people because as I pointed out, I earn my living by working for the employer. I get paid by the employer. And uh, you know, look at there are people who can help you with your job search, and they're called job coaches or executive coaches. That's not who I am. I work for the um, employer finding talent, helping them build their talent team. So we stopped the job seeker webinars probably about a year ago because it just became overwhelming. And again, I felt like I was alienating more people than not because I, I couldn't have find the time or the energy to continue to talk to them and keep my business going. Thank you. Uh, I was just curious because I remember seeing it on the website some years ago. Yes, yeah, and I, it was a very rewarding thing, but I, it just it ran its course. I think there's rebroadcasts out there all over the web somewhere if someone wants to dust them off and look at them. So that's today's show. I hope you found it helpful, and if you did, here are a few more ways to get more from me. First of all, visit my website, which is TheBigGameHunter.us. I have more than 6,000 blog posts there that you can watch, listen to, or read that will help you find your next job.
If you want the best of my advice, join JobSearchCoachingHQ.com, where I've curated information with a focus on interviewing. If you decide to take the lifetime membership at the site, it's $299 currently, but that's the price of a coaching session or an hour of coaching from me, and I'll be giving that to you if you join with a lifetime membership. Have a few questions? Contact me through the Magnify app for iOS or PrestoExperts.com where you can call me. Schedule a specific time with me through chat on Magnify or by connecting with me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash the big game hunter. Once we're connected on LinkedIn, you can message me about coaching you, scheduling and time for Magnify or Presto Experts. Speak with me about a resume or LinkedIn profile critique, help you with a salary negotiation or my trusted advisor services and much, much more. Like you, I don't work for free. I do charge for what I do. You can take my classes on Skillshare and become a premium member using the link in the show notes and receive two months for free instead of just the one that the site offers. Skillshare offers thousands and thousands of courses, not just simply mine, on a host of different subjects that can help you in many different ways. Lastly, join my group on Facebook called Career Angles. It's free to the first 250 people who join and is focused on helping you do better at work. Information is shared daily and we're attempting to build a supportive group there. Ask to join. I'm not letting recruiters in at this point. So I'll be back tomorrow with more. And in the meantime, I hope you have a great day. Be great.